Hello, and welcome to FOF Gym Chat. We're Kinsey and Josh Presnell. Thanks so much for joining us today as we chat about and explore topics that are coming up in our gym fixed on fitness. The purpose of this podcast is to provide a simple and effective approach to health and fitness that helps you feel confident and equipped to live your best life. If you have any questions that you want us to tackle, please send us a DM on Instagram to at fitness. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of FOF Gym Chat. I'm Kinsey. Hey, guys. I'm Josh. All right. This week, we are back to another Q&A. So thank you guys for sending us lots of Q&A. I know our last one got kind of kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. So uh, we have another one this week and some really good questions. Most of these are revolving around food because we do have a lot of you guys that are really working hard on tracking and really putting an effort into dialing in your nutrition. So kudos to you guys for doing that. It's going to do nothing but benefit you in the workouts, uh, in your recovery and everything else. So let's start with this one. This one is one of the only ones that was not on food. We're going to try to go like rapid fire here and be fairly quick in our answers. So uh, question number one, how do I make the most out of two to three days a week in the gym? Okay. I know who asked this and already answered that question for him. So, uh, if we're only getting in the gym two days a week, then we need to find another way to hit a workout throughout the week. I really want, uh, I, I think you could get it done with three workouts. Four ideally would be better. Four would be better. Now, if it's inside the gym here, you can see our training splits, how we do things. Uh, getting at least one of those to be a full body day would be solid. If you could get two of the full body days in, even better if we would need to write something up for you to uh, touch a full body or get a little bit more dense on the upper body or lower body, whatever one of those days you are missing to come in on a Saturday or Sunday, we would be happy to do that. But if you're training uh, three days a week, you really need to be thinking hitting bigger compound lifts to get the most bang for your buck versus uh the the smaller movers like uh, buys, tries, and isolating. I like training arms, but I do that on a Wednesday just to get away from the bigger compound lifts. And there's other ways that we can uh, attack that muscle group. When you do come in, since uh, you're not lifting quite as many days, the intensity really needs to be through the roof. You need to show up with a purpose, lift hard, train hard, get the most you can, maximize your time. Don't be afraid to push the pedal on it and just let us help you uh, sort of create a program if you're stuck like that for a few weeks or months and you need help and things need to change that is super easy for us to do you just got to talk to us ahead of time let us rewrite something for you and we can sub out some movements to maximize your time here. And I would say it, it's helpful too if you can make those days consistent. Like as far as, hey, I know I'm coming on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or I know I'm here on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is. If you can keep those days the same, it's really helpful because now we're at least uh, seeing some consistency in our training as far as the workouts that we're doing. So that is very helpful versus like you came on a Monday, one week you're like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the next week you're like, Thursday, Friday, and then you come on like a Tuesday, 
Friday, like whatever. It just then it becomes very random. And so if you can keep those days consistent, I think A, it will help you actually get here because they'll be planned out and thought through. Uh, but B, I think you'll get a little bit more out of your workout. But yeah, like Josh said, please talk to us if that if that is you so we can help you. And the cycle stays similar, right? So and maybe your thing on Thursdays is, you know, you already know what you're doing or on Wednesdays, like you already know what your sub is. Now you come in, you make sure you're getting more of a full body workout, even though maybe class is doing something different because we've had the time to think that through for you. So yes, you can get it done. But yeah, you guys have remote workouts too. They're all in the app. They use dumbbells. And you can mix and match through those all you want. It's running. If you don't want to run and you have a machine, you can do a machine, but use those. Use those even, I mean, you can get them done really, really quick because you're not having to go through all the warm-ups that you're doing with a heavy barbell. So uh, use remote as much as you can at home. So number two, we're moving, we're moving quick. This is good. Uh, do you still work out after a bad night of sleep? And I'm going to let Josh answer this one because he struggles with sleep a little bit more than I do. Yeah, my sleep's actually been pretty good lately, but the answer is yes. I'm still going to show up and train after a bad night of sleep. Uh, <clears throat> I like to keep a routine. Um, I also don't want to establish the habit of, uh, every time I get a little scratch or something doesn't go perfect, then I ditch a workout, right? I want to be able to stay tough, show up, train hard. So mentally for me, if I get a bad night of sleep, I'm still showing up to the gym and I'm still going to give what I have at the gym. Now, what I have might be dictated on the shitty night of sleep. However, I'm going to give it what I got. Now, if you start to string together multiple nights of bad sleep, two, three, four, five nights, we need to address what's going on. Something's happening. Something is causing this. At that point, when you start to string together three or four nights of bad sleep, uh, your body is going to make you either A, take a day off or B, change the way you train when you show up. And if that's the case, again, you need to communicate with us. There are things we can do. We can move. Uh, we can try to make the body feel better and not like skip training days. But if it's time to, uh, you know, just talk to us. We can help you kind of go through that. But if you're stringing multiple days, there's a reason as to why. You're either uh, overtrained, um, highly unlikely, uh, most likely stress uh, due to work or family or, or whatever, you name it, right? It's not hard to find something to be stressed out about. Uh, but I've also, over the years, struggled very hard with sleep um, for well over a decade. But I've, I've got it dialed in now really well. So if sleep is something you struggle with and you want to talk, uh, we can talk one-on-one. -on -one and I'll tell you everything that I've done and what I'm doing. Which is a lot. To clean that up. And uh, I'm really getting good sleep. And uh, it's, it's uh, especially this year, 2024, uh, my sleep is as is, is good as it's ever been. And it's rolling into every area of my life, especially training and recovery. Getting really strong really fast again. And I'll say if you do have a bad night of sleep, again, like one bad night of sleep, I'm still going to be here at 5 a.m. Like there's no question about it. It It's probably not like going to be that big of a deal for me. Now, I will say if I am struggling for some reason on a regular basis or I'm having some issues falling asleep or I find I'm getting up, I may try to rearrange my day a little bit 
So maybe I can work out at 8.15 or maybe I can push my workout even though I absolutely hate it. Maybe I can push my workout to the afternoon or sometime during the middle of the day. So maybe I have the chance to sleep a little bit longer in the morning, but I'm not. I'm still getting my workout in. Another thing I utilize quite a bit is naps. So I will take a nap if I've had a rough night of sleep and I decide I'm just going to go ahead and get up anyway and get my training session in. I probably am going to take like a 20-minute nap-ish on the couch. So that may, maybe I fall asleep, maybe I don't. Maybe I just lay there and just put some binaural beats on and just relax and calm my mind. But I do try to add some sort of intentional rest in the day if I have struggled with a bad night of sleep. So uh, I would say make your call before your alarm goes off. You know, if you're fine, you're up at midnight. Well, and you're like, oh, I'm probably not going to get up. I would go ahead and change my alarm and rework my plan for the day versus letting your alarm go off at four, hitting snooze. Now you're just getting crappy sleep anyway. So I would always try to make the call well in advance if you think, you know, hey, I'm really struggling. I'm not going to get up today. So, but short set, uh, short answer is yes, we both will train after a rough night of sleep. Number three, best thing to eat post-workout. Okay. And I think it's going to change based on what time you work out because we eat very different food after workouts. Yeah, that's right. Uh, It's going to depend on what time you work out. And I don't want to go through like every time slot we have. Uh, Fast answer, you need carbs, you need protein. Protein is your building box. Carbs are the fuel to replace all the muscle glycogen and to allow you to show back up the next day. Uh, with some gas in the tank and ready to hit it hard. How that looks is going to be different for you and also different depending on what time you train. I'm guessing if you're training at 5 a.m. in the morning, you need to already somewhat have this prepped. Uh, Think like protein shake. Think overnight oats with a banana on top or some type of mush like that. I like the idea of some fruit in the morning. It's fast. It's easy. I also like the idea of some type of starch if possible. Uh, overnight oats is super easy. Uh, a piece of sourdough toast is super easy to add with it. Uh, maybe you can go home and you can do some eggs or egg whites. You can throw some spinach in there. You can eat a bowl of berries or a banana. Again, if uh, eating that starch with like a piece of sourdough or uh, something along the lines of that, oatmeal, um, cream of rice, things like that, if that doesn't make you super tired for the day, go ahead and add it. It's going to help the recovery. If you're working out more like mid-morning, the uh, 815-930, you might want to think about doing four meals a day versus three squares. A pre-workout breakfast, you could do something smaller to get you by as a post-workout meal. That could be kind of the same idea, some fruit and a shake or a starch and a shake, and then eat a bigger lunch following that, and then you do your dinner. So you're really kind of getting four meals versus uh, three squares. You guys that come in the afternoons, I would think about the four meals the same way if you're at the 3.30 or 5 because you get your pre-workout, you get a post-workout, and then you can throw down on a bigger dinner. And if you guys are the ones that work out at 5, well, you roll right into a bigger dinner and you'll be able to do a little bit more starch because if it does make you a little bit more tired and sleepy, you don't have a full day to get through. And when I say starch, I'm talking about things like White rices, sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, the oats, um, things like that. The things that aren't fruit. Uh, fruit is super fast, simple, and easy. But I like to have a starch in there as well to help replace that muscle glycogen. 
protein in there. And then our fats are just coming from the lean cuts of meat we're eating. I eat meat for breakfast. So lean meat, uh, the egg whites, eggs, regular eggs, super good. That's kind of like nature's uh, multivitamin right there. But um, yeah, that's fast. So what do you eat? Uh, you work out at 9.30, you finish at 11. Well, yeah, it usually late. takes forever, 11.30. And then I do like a it does. So uh, I eat I eat all morning. We've talked about that. And then post-workout, I do a shake and a banana. Uh, today, I just did a shake, a banana, and then I bought this product. Uh, I love it, but I'm going to try to make it myself next time. It's called Rice and Grinds. Anyway, it's kind of like uh, cream of rice, and it tastes like uh, brown sugar and cinnamon, really. And I heat it up. It's kind of like hot cereal, and I put a banana in it. So I went pretty big on carbs there. That's like uh, 60 or 70 grams of carbs that I just ate. Because when I get off the mic, I'm going to go hit like a zone two cardio piece. But uh, I typically will always get a carb in right away. For me, it's probably around uh, 40 grams. And then I'll do my protein shake, which is another 30 grams of protein. And then not long after that, I'll go home and eat lunch. And we've talked about about that for typically my lunch is fairly big. It's uh it's like a cup and a quarter of egg whites, which comes out to like six egg whites and a couple eggs, uh, whole eggs with spinach and a full white potato. Uh, it's big. It takes up the whole plate. But that's one of my bigger meals of the day. But it's not super calorie uh, dense because of the egg whites. But it's uh, it's a lot of volume. It takes me a long time to eat that. I'm not going to do that at 5 a.m. I'm going to have something packed with a little bit more calories that doesn't take as long to eat so I can friggin' eat and get the show on the road. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, the four meals has actually worked really well for me and I work out at five. I mean, I eat a banana before I come up and then I have some protein in my coffee. So I am getting some protein and some carbs before my workout. But when I get home now, I've moved to some overnight oats, which I will send my recipe because I've almost got the mush brand uh, nailed down. So at home, so I will send it as soon as I get it nailed down and actually measure it all out. But I eat that with a protein shake. So that's kind of just my quick breakfast, if you will. And then I eat a larger breakfast. It's kind of turned into like more of a brunch, I guess you could say around 1045 or 11. Once I finish running the 930 class and that's been like some meatballs and a decent amount of fruit. And then I've pushed my lunch back to about 230 or so right before I come back up here for the afternoon because now I don't have to have a snack or anything like that. And then I have my dinner after I get home from the gym in the evening. So I've been doing really well with the four meals. Those That first one's kind of small, so I guess it could technically be a snack, but it at least packs a punch to help me recover from my workout. So uh, be flexible and play around with a couple of different things and see what makes you feel full, what makes you feel like you're recovering better. I, I feel like that's the biggest thing is to to go off of how you feel. Try something for a couple of weeks, see how you're feeling, how you're recovering, what your energy looks like for the week. And then, you know, if you're feeling really good, maybe you stick to it. And if you're like, eh, this isn't working for me, then let's try something new. So experiment on yourself. Be willing to do that. Um, I want to go to the next one because you said you're about to hop into a zone two cardio workout. Uh, the question was, do I need to add cardio to my day? Uh, and I think this came as like, if I want to lose weight, do I need to add cardio? What is the thought on that? 
we kind of hit that on the calories. I know we talked a lot about it on calories <clears throat> podcast. So go back and listen to that. Uh, no, you don't. You don't. If you're training in here and you're training hard, whether you're on the one hour or the one fifteen, you don't need to add any extra cardio to your day. Uh, in my opinion, I I like the way it makes me feel. I don't think uh, it's very hard to overdo um, some low heart rate cardio, whether that be uh, sitting on the Concept 2 and listening to a podcast, not pedaling real quick, just letting the calories tick away. For me, that movement, especially on my legs, it helps flush, helps fill them with blood. I'm a little less sore. I've, I work a little bit better the next day with that movement, but I'm also used to being on my feet and moving 12 to 14 hours a day. I don't, I don't sit at a desk. Uh, that could be in the form of walking. You know, you could walk an extra mile or two. <clears throat> I don't like the idea of becoming obsessed with steps because it's like it's never enough. The, the cardio that I'm hitting is not taxing on my CNS or my body. And I'm not trying to dig myself into a bigger deficit. Now, if, uh, if you are trying to lose weight and I, I would need to see what your caloric intake is, how long you've been doing it, what your macros look like. If, if it's not moving and we are where we want our calories, a cardio could be a lever you could pull to get things moving again, but that's not the first lever we're going to pull. The From where I'm sitting and being in the fitness industry, I feel like I got to, the thought is I got to lose weight. I need to do more cardio. I got to lose weight. I need to do more cardio. And I think if you want to lose weight, you need to lift heavier. And the cardio for me is just like a little bonus. Um, It just makes me feel better and I don't do it every single day. So short answer, no. Long answer, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it's not what we're going to use to move the needle to lose weight. Yeah, I think we need to be moving as much as possible. So we need to be walking. We need to be up. If you are somebody that sits at a desk all the time, just think adding movement through your day. You know, get up, stand up, do walk around the office, step outside and go for a walk. Something because we were not made to sit for eight hours at a time, nine, 10 hours at a time, a lot of us sit. So I I would view this more as like, hey, should I add movement? And the answer is 100% yes. Like we need to be moving our body every day. And for me, like that usually looks like a walk or I- Yeah, Kinsey walks the dogs and she has a couple more laps to it, but she's walking. Walking, very easy. Um, I enjoy it. It's a nice day. Um, yeah, I've added like a little bit of, and I talked about this when we did a Q&A on the pre-fatigue. I've added about eight minutes. I know that's weird, but that's about the time I get here every day. But I've added about eight minutes at just a really easy pace on the Concept 2 before my workout, which has really helped a lot. But I wouldn't consider that like a cardio session or anything. So yeah, I mean, I, I would view it as you need to move you don't need to add a cardio session necessarily. Yeah, we don't, uh, if, you, if you're working out here and working out hard, you don't need to go like <clears throat> add runs or uh, Metcons and, and things like that. Like you don't need that. You know, I'm thinking about like a lot of the 815ers, they play pickleball a few times a week. Like that's, that's like a yeah, that's, cardio That's good session. cardio, you know, especially sure. if you play some. So whatever, just do something that's moving and cool, but you don't need to add uh, more workouts. Time is precious. Don't let that stress you out. Come All here. Right. 
Work your ass off and lift hard. All right. I'm about to put the explicit on this podcast. We've used a couple cuss words today. Um, all right. So next <laughs> next question. <laughs> oh, okay. Do I have to weigh and measure my food? You want me to start on that one or? Let's keep this fast. That depends. It really depends. If you're if you're really trying to dial in and you want to be pretty legit and not have a lot of guesswork in where you are and where you're trying to go, yeah, you need to track your food. Otherwise, you're just kind of shooting in the dark. You can do that and you can make a lot of progress by cleaning up a lot of junk food, eating single ingredient foods. Things are going to move. Uh, you're going to lose weight. Uh, you're going to put on muscle. At some point, if you want to really get dialed in, then you're going to need to know what is my caloric intake, what is my protein, what is my carbs, what is my fat, because without knowing, you don't know what to change to get to where you want to go. That's not code for you need your life to revolve around tracking food from now until the day you die and become obsessed. You need to get a good idea of what you're doing do that thing for quite some time, three to six weeks. See what happens before you decide to make changes and decide, is it working? Is it not working? Make some changes, re-record the new diet that we've established, and then see what happens again for a little while. Like once you dial it in and you keep it for a while, you're good. Now, if you're listening and you're like, hey, I need, I need something different every breakfast, Every lunch, every dinner, it has to be special. It has to be perfect. It has to be over the top. I am the pickiest person on earth. And unless it comes from a five-star restaurant, I ain't eating it. You need to track your freaking food because you're so much all over the place. You have no idea what you're eating. So you need to find something that you can get consistent. And when you're consistent, you don't have to track as much. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm kind of of the mindset, if I'm going to take the time to track my food, I'm just going to take the extra 30 seconds and I'm going to measure it and weigh it. Yes. you need to Because measure. if you're going to take the time to look up the food or scan the barcode or whatever, I would take the extra step of pulling the scale out of the drawer, putting the bowl on and actually measuring what you're eating. Because most of the time we're going to be very inaccurate on what we think it weighs or how much we think we're eating. So I would just say if you are going to take the time to track, I would weigh and measure it. I would use less of like cups and things because that can be very, I mean, you take peanut butter, the serving is two tablespoons. Well, the actual grams on that is way less than my two tablespoons add up to, you know, so I would measure in grams or ounces. That way you actually have an accurate measurement versus a half a cup of rice or, you know, a cup of chicken or whatever it is that you're eating. So take the time to do that. But again, like Josh said, I mean, you don't have to do anything. But if you want things to move and you don't want to go through months and months and months of trial and error to find what works, uh, taking the time to track. And then like for me, I'll track on Monday and then I'm just literally going to eat the same thing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then if I like what I ate, I'm just going to do it again the next week and then the next week until I'm tired of it. And and then I'll find a new meal or a new meal prep that I'm going to do. And I will track that. And then I'll go on repeat again. So it just makes it pretty simple, I feel yeah, like. And I would say even though we don't track uh, every single day, I still use the scale 
all the time. I scale and measure out how many overnight oats that I'm going to eat. The next day, I scale out uh, my fruit that I eat pre-workout. I scale out the protein that I'm going to pre-cook for the week. I scale out the protein that I'm going to eat at dinner because that's what I already tracked and measured. I know what those numbers are. So I pull the scale out real quick. I throw it on top of the scale and then I throw it on my plate so I know I'm right where I tracked prior to. That scale is super helpful. So and easy. It's so easy. And you feel like, no, it's not. It's hard. Well, like everything is hard until it becomes easy. Everything in life is hard until it becomes easy. Boom. There's that. All right. We got, uh, I think, like two more, and they should be really quick. Uh, what are some go-to desserts that we eat? We got a Ninja Creamy for Christmas, so uh, that would be one big go-to if I remember to make the base because it does have to sit there for 24 hours. Uh, but we use that thing a lot. We, um, I use almond milk in ours. I know Fairlife makes it a better texture, but we typically use almond milk and protein, maybe a little bit of stevia or something in it. But uh, two scoops of protein usually will flavor the ice cream pretty well. And I throw it in that Ninja Creamy and it's amazing. So that's been one. Josh makes like a quick smoothie quite yeah, a bit. It's, it's, it's the fastest smoothie in the world. So it's either I'll pre-freeze uh, bananas and I'll <clears throat> cut uh, like take them in half. So I'll use a half a banana and some frozen strawberries and like a little bit of protein powder to give it some flavor and some almond milk. Blend it up and it's super filling and uh, it's not many calories. It's a little bit of carbs, a little bit of protein and basically zero fat. Or I'll do the half a banana with some blueberries or I'll do some strawberries and blueberries. That way it's not the same exact thing all the time. It's blended up fruit with a little bit of protein and some almond milk. You feel like you're eating like a, a dessert. He doesn't add much almond milk. That way it's like thick and he eats it with a spoon. Maybe. That way it's not like a... Yeah, but it's filling. It's you like a smoothie eat, bowl. Eat, uh, yeah, a lot of it. No, and it's, uh, it's filling. Uh, I really like it. And some dark... So yeah, we're big fans of dark chocolate. Uh, 72% or better. Yeah, couple uh, squares, guys. Couple squares, not the bar. You can't eat a whole bar of like 80% dark chocolate. That'd be hard. Well, he's good. Yeah, he probably could. Um, so yeah, a couple squares, three or so, sometimes four of like the Lily's dark chocolate is what we buy a lot. I like the one with sea salt in it, but those are kind of our go-to desserts that we eat quite often uh, throughout the week. So next one, good sources of carbs. Yeah, we that hit we on think. that. We hit on that a lot in the calories. Hit on that earlier. Fruit. Okay, fruit. Your diet. When you think of your diet, uh, Two words, protein and produce, protein and produce, protein and produce, lots of fruit, lots of fruit for your carbs, and then good sources of starch. Potatoes. Potatoes, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, red potatoes, eat a potato. Uh, There's not many calories. There's a good bit of carbs, and it keeps you full because you have to eat a lot of it. Oats. We do a lot of oats. Rice. We do white rice. Um, we don't do much, much quinoa, but a lot of people do. That's a, that's about all. I, I, can you think of another carb? Sourdough. I do some sourdough, a slice here, a slice there, some at breakfast. If, if we make sandwiches or something on the weekend, I'm using sourdough. Uh, I do really good with it. I do for the most part, avoid about as much gluten as possible. I don't, I don't, I don't do well with it. Um, that's lactose as well. I don't do really good with a lot of lactose either. So we do a lot of lactose free. Um, but that's about it for carbs. I keep the carbs 
Simple. Yeah, simple and single ingredient, really, for the most part. Uh, we're not eating crackers or chips or anything, uh, really pasta or anything like that to get our carb sources. So we're just eating real food. Um, so Sometimes yeah, we have done some pasta, but yeah, it's like just not a, on the regular. No, it's not on the regular. I try to do a gluten free there or uh, the pea protein pasta sometimes i'll do like if i make stuff for the kids i'll buy that and do something a little different but yeah it's not like a staple i'm not eating that all the time to get to and get my carbs. fruit is so good like it's so good so i've upped my fruit by a lot over the last couple months and i have really enjoyed that so uh fruit is a really easy quick source of carbs so just think single ingredient uh real food as far as you're going for carbs and Please don't be afraid of them. Please don't be afraid of them. I was low carb for way too long, and uh, my life is so much better with with good carbs back in it. Uh, last one we have is how low fat is like too low, like what amount of fat is too low. And this one's gonna get a little too detailed, so I'm I'm gonna skim this. I'm gonna keep skim it on, this. very on the surface. I don't think we have anybody that's like really gonna be too low, honestly. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, no, I don't think you're going to be too low. So I, I feel pretty good. If you guys are looking at your macros or, uh, you know, we give out the eat one gram or 1.2 grams or 0.8 grams per pound of body weight and protein, then, you know, for fat, I would say, you know, on the high end, on the high end would be like 0.5, maybe like 0.4 uh, grams per pound of body weight right there. That, that kind of puts you at like the 25% on your macros, give or take a little bit. Uh, I'd say maybe 30% would be uh, probably what the majority take in when they're trying to be a little bit more low fat. Uh, if you, you don't want to think low fat period because you need fat for hormone health, but you're going to get enough healthy fat in your diet with lean cuts of meat, lean cuts of ground meat, grass-fed butter, avocado oil. You don't need to be like adding tons of fat into your diet, which made me think about tracking real fast. If you're going to track your food, you need to track the butter that you're using. You need to track the oil that you're using. All of those calories right there go into your body. And if, if what you're cooking with is not being tracked and all you're doing is tracking like the meat and the vegetable, well, then the tracking is off. Everybody's probably off a little bit, but that could be off two to 300 calories depending on how much you eat. Like a serving of the butter, grass-fed butter is 100 calories. Um, I think it's more than that. I mean, you figure if you're off by 10 grams of fat, that's nine calories per gram of fat. That's 900 calories. Yeah, that's a lot. So. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. <laughs> My math was way bad. It's 90. <laughs> We're getting toward the end. We're getting toward the end. There we go. That's it. Don't get caught up on uh, just just try to get the fat down if the carbs are going up. And to do that, choose lean sources of protein. Don't overdo tons of dairy. That's just real high fat cheeses, uh, things like that. I, I kind of cut that out. That's kind of like a little treat here or there. I'm not against milk, but I switched to almond milk. I, for myself, I don't, I don't need 
full-fat milk in my stuff um, because my carbs are going up. And uh, you can't have the best of both worlds. You can't have all the carbs and all the fat. That's when you become fat. So uh, just try to keep it lower on the lower end. If you're somebody who's, uh, if we're insanely dialed in and we need to come up with an exact number, you need uh, we need to sit down for a little coaching session. We'll look at the macros and we'll adjust the macros like that. All right, boom. That was it. Sorry for my math error there in the middle <laughs> in the middle of this one. All right, guys, y'all have an awesome week. If there is anything y'all need from us, please let us know. If you have questions, keep them coming because these are a lot of fun to do and hopefully they're helpful for you guys. So we'll talk to y'all soon. Have an awesome day. Bye.